What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of American Snippets. This is Op-Ed Friday. Uh, if you're tuning in, if you're new uh, to the Op-Ed Friday format, uh, we like to cover the most ridiculous news story of the week. We one probably, of them anyway. One of one, them anyway. One or two. We usually Maybe throw in a couple. three or six because it's hard to pick. Yeah. And then we pivot <laughs> a little bit and we 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 end on a high note uh, with some with some good and, and positive and even uh, you know heartfelt, inspiring news. So uh, we're going to get right into it this week. A big news story that was out there was what's that? And we have Bobby Sausalito here with us this week. Yeah, well, I was going to get to that fact. So it's going to kind of like surprise. He's keeping, he's keeping a secret. Little surprise guest. Spring, spring on him, you know, <laughs> spring it on our guests. All of a sudden, who's this guy? <laughs> so we're here with Bobby Sausalito, as Barb said. We have him. We had what was it? A couple last month. Yes, we, we had Bobby have. on the American Sippets podcast. And, you know, each and every week on this Op-Ed Friday, we like to bring in a surprise guest to kind of help us navigate uh, this week's news. And who better than Bobby Sausalito? So uh, and if you uh, if you're not into this, just go and take a nap. <laughs> there you go. That's right. Uh, so today we're going to cover the interview that I guess they call it an explosive interview with Oprah that she did with Prince Harry and Meghan Markle. Um, and what I find so ridiculous about it is why do Americans care so much about the royal family? It is. Um, and Bobby, I definitely want your take on this, especially what you were just talking about before. But to me, I was blown away and I don't really even know the whole story just like you. But what I do know, what just kind of was impossible to miss was that so many people have their panties in such tight wads over this <laughs> like like every girl in america put her pad on sticky side up and Whoa. was walking down the street and like this is how <laughs> twisted and bent they are about the story and i do not get it i don't i don't get it like why is everybody it's like like megan i don't know if it's right or wrong what she's saying these accusations but it's like even if the it the feeling you get is they wouldn't care what happened to those two people the fact that uh, they're from royalty gives them no grounds to say anything bad happened to them. Um, but the, the level that it went to was just insane. Bobby, what do you think about that? I think that pretty much, pretty much anything that happens ever follows the same thing, which is money and attention. So it's like, all right, who's winning the woke Olympics right now? Where is the where can we draw the most attention, the most outrage, the most anger? Where can we find the most sensational story that's going to get people to talk about it, just like we're talking about right now? So this so happens to be the most exciting thing. You have Hollywood celebrity, you have royalty, you have cross the pond global outrage, you have a Hollywood star, you have a woke star, you have racism, you have divide, you have family drama. It has all the ingredients of has all the ingredients of somebody winning the woke Olympics. And then it draws eyeballs, it draws attention. And there comes those ad dollars. There come those clicks. When you don't have, when you don't have Donnie to focus on anything to get another dollar, I guess <laughs> is the name of the game. Yeah, I guess so. That's actually a spot on point. I don't know. Well, I guess, I guess I shouldn't have been so surprised because for me, the story was, I was, I was so surprised. Like I, I saw the headline. I was like, okay, next, you know, move on. But then I was just like bombarded with 
you know, posts and stuff about this. And that's what surprised me that it was taken. But I guess the uh, jokes on me, I shouldn't have been so surprised because the way you just explained it makes total, yeah, so, total perfect sense. Yeah. So wokeness. thank you, Bobby, for solving the mystery for me. The wokeness. It's always it's always about it's always about who's the wokest, who's getting canceled. Everybody loves to see somebody destroyed or torn down or their job or their livelihood or their career taken away from them. It's like, oh, what did Pierce Morgan say? He's not woke. Cancel him. Remove him from the from the yeah. town square. They love that stuff. They love just ripping people down. Down. And especially in the name of wokeness or some divide or something that can get people to point the finger at somebody else. They, they love that stuff. Yeah. So I don't know if it was an indirect or direct accusation, but basically uh, Meghan Markle and Prince Harry brought up the fact that maybe perhaps the royal family was racist. Right. And that's yes. that's kind of where it oh, all. The race kinda, card. Yeah. That's kind of what was so explosive. Right. Um, him uh, came out and denied that the royal family is racist, but the fact that mainstream news is just focusing on it. I mean, it was literally everywhere. Meantime, there's like actual stuff happening in the world in this country that we should probably be uh, thinking about. Well, it just shows shows the mainstream media is, (laughs) is they're just completely out of touch with mainstream America. They just completely out of touch. Well, they don't they don't they don't have to be in touch. They they tell you what to focus on. They tell exactly. you what to pay attention to. Right. And again, it's like it's it's sensational. It's like it's again, it's like family divide. It's drama. It's wokeness. It's it has all of the has all the familiar ingredients of a, of a juicy story. And then I didn't even do that much research on it because who cares? Right. We're, we're <laughs> focusing on things that actually matters that actually matter. But um, I remember seeing I think it was Ben Shapiro talking about how how Don Lamont is on CNN and he's just like, you know, she said this and therefore it must be true. Who even cares about the other side of the story? Who cares about what their opinion is? It's like it has to be true because she's woke and she fits into this into this uh, into this this woke class. So like, why even listen to the, to the chance that it could possibly not be true or not exactly true as they say, it's like, that is horrendous journalism. And it's just a perfect example of everybody at the cloud news network and Don Lamont and how they are so bad at their job. Yeah. I feel like the Royal family are figureheads. And I think Markle and her husband there are are figureheads of they're the perfect figureheads of the woke mob. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, exactly. There was, yeah. I love there's this clip that they were showing of Donnie saying, like, good luck to Harry. He's like, he's going to need it. That was it. hilarious. I was that like, was perfect. Hilarious. I'm going to say, I actually, I mean, for more reasons than one, but I'm going to come right out and say, it. I do miss Trump. I do miss him. Um, I do miss those little bombs that he dropped every now and then. I don't miss all the bombs, but yeah. I, I miss some of them. Yeah, well, at least he Twitter. took questions, you know. So. Yes. <laughs> the Twitter feed was like a constant source of information. Like I would, I would log out in the morning and just I don't even really use Twitter. I would just go on in the morning and be like Donald Trump Twitter on Google, read the most recent tweet. It would be like some something. This guy's an idiot. Sad. Just a tweet that said sad, and I'm just like, this guy's the best. He's, he's like the best comedian in the world. So this was so ridiculous that I'm actually ashamed that we spent this much time on it. Yeah. So so let's move on. We're all, All we're all dumber as a result for sure. So the big news. Yeah. The biggest news probably it came out today, probably only a couple hours ago that uh, president Joe Biden actually signed the $1.9 trillion uh, quote unquote coronavirus relief. I don't know if you would call it a relief, but uh, in his first major, major legislative win, um, I think that's kind of funny because I wouldn't call it a win. It's just wasteful spending. So, sure is. Uh, Barb, I know you studied a little bit. You read the bill a little bit yourself and what was in it. So let's start there. 
I did. And by no means take my word for Bobby. Did you have a chance to look at it at all or hear about it? Like, do you like, yeah, I've, I've done some basic, uh, some basic research of it and what it's done. And it, it sounds like a lot of it is a lot of too little, too late. It sounds like a lot of it is, is spending that has absolutely nothing to do with coronavirus. Like there's stuff off for the MTA. There's stuff for bailing out colleges that already have huge endowments that don't need it. There's things for that bail out like, um, uh, like state governments that mismanage their money far before. Hello, the New York and California. Right. Yeah. And it's just, it's having <laughs> all the a- other states subsidized. I think I listen to Peter Schiff all the time and he's a great economist. And he, he talks about how it's like, what state is going to balance their budget when they know that you could just get bailed out? You get rewarded for mismanaging your money. So it's a smarter move for you to squander all of your state money, spend it on all this stuff that you get to keep, infrastructure stuff, um, roads, trains, whatever, airports, things like that, and then come crying to daddy government and say, well, look, you got to bail us out and then have the federal government and the people subsidize all of those things. Meanwhile, you get to keep all the stuff that you've done. You literally get rewarded for being fiscally poor at your job. And it sets a bad precedent because now any state that actually balances their budget really is losing. Yeah. Yeah. It's the same line of thinking as student loan bailouts and, you know, the major corporation bailouts, big banks and all that. It's uh, it doesn't feel like it has Americans best interests at heart. And that maybe I'm just cynical, but you know, I feel like it's a little sketchy in terms of like, I was having a hard time buying the fact that it has our best interests at heart. I mean, no. New Yorkers, selfishly, I guess, because we're in New York, Cuomo had come right. Not that Cuomo is going to be around much longer, you know, if there is a God, right? But uh, <laughs> but he did come right hope. out and say a while ago, well, we're just going to have to raise taxes if we don't get bailed out because, you know, I'm like, well, are you fucking kidding me? Like raise more taxes, right? Yeah. But um it's yeah, the, it looks all, like yeah. he's all the pork and he's pet doing the shuffle that the they shuffle put in out. these things. Yeah, so it's really so frustrating. Like the, if they came out and said, we're going to give one point nine trillion dollars to every single taxpayer, all the money is going to taxpayers and Americans, then, you know, I wouldn't fight against it so much. But so much right. of the like the last ominous bill that came out right at the end of Trump's term, it was just loaded with pet projects and pork and the most ridiculous things, things that were going overseas. Like you said, Bobby, none of this has very little of the entire bill and the money that's going to be spent impacts, you know, people like us and, and hardworking blue collar Americans, you know, yep. very little. Yes, it gives them a quick little check and a quick little fix, but that's not going to last too long. And, and the fact is the economy is already recovering. So, you know, why don't we just let all the other states open up and let it recover naturally? Yeah. yeah and exactly. there is a portion of the bill, the um, the what is it called for a socially I don't know if you've heard about this one. Let me know. Socially disadvantaged farmers and ranchers. Did you hear about that little no. nugget in oh there? My God, no. <laughs> <laughs> don't get me started. Allow That's me to tell you, Bobby, because you're oh, going to love no. it, right? Great, 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 great. It'll be good for your show tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So socially disadvantaged farmers and ranchers. Um, and it says for the purpose of addressing longstanding and widespread discrimination against socially disadvantaged farmers and ranchers, in farm loan programs and across the Department of Agriculture, blah, 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 is documented for this and that. Basically, and it goes on and on to list. And at first I'm reading this because I actually pulled the bill up and I was I was reading the bill. Right. Um, and I'm like, OK, maybe maybe socially disadvantaged doesn't mean what I think it's going to mean. I, maybe it's not going where I have a bad feeling it's going. Right. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Um, and so I'm reading it in good faith. And then it's and then it lists all these wonderful programs they're going to have for farmers and ranchers. and 
once upon a time, I work for our county's agricultural, economic, farmland development. So like I, I had a basic understanding. I'm like, oh, these are really legit programs right on. Like maybe, maybe this is actually something good because I'm a really slow learner. Right. And then it says socially disadvantaged uh, means the same thing it means in this past bill um, in the Food, Agriculture, Conservation and Trade Act of 1990. And then it goes on to say socially disadvantaged is, of course, you know, anyone who's been discriminated against for ethnic groups or minority oh. groups or colors and all that. So basically, um, you know, the Republican uh, congressmen and senators that came out last night and were barking about, they just summed it right up. They're like, the aid is out there if you're not white. Um, and it yeah. and it has up to 120 percent debt forgiveness. So without wow. even having to qualify or explain it, they get 120%, 120% debt forgiveness. Wow. Like, so you all want to help the farmers, right? But I feel, I, I feel like this is a racist clause. Yeah. <laughs> I just feel like it's a racist clause um, because, you know, remember, uh, did you ever watch Tosh.0 where he's like, sorry, Tennessee. I feel like it's like, sorry, white guys, you know, like you just don't get it. Like, Anybody except for the white farmers and ranchers get it. So, Bobby, I thought all to see Bobby, I thought all farmers matter. Yeah, I I mean, not unless they not unless they check some of the some of the boxes, then they don't. Yeah. And it goes into all the you know, the LGBT, like basically, if you're straight and white, you don't qualify for this, um, Nice. which and it literally comes right out there and spells it out in there, except it goes in reverse. You know, it says all of these people qualify and shockingly. What's missing when you cross off that, you know, is yeah. uh, straight and white. So that's four that's billion dollars in the total of that bill. But all four billion doesn't go for that. I forget what it is. It's just under, I think, two. I, I, I don't want to even offer the number out because I forget what it is. But it's not all four billion goes for that. But a significant portion of that four billion goes when one trillion dollars of the past bill relief is still sitting around. Right. Yeah. I think, Ready to I think, go. So think what are your thoughts? They, I think that's how they pretty much pass or try to push through any piece of legislation that they actually like. Like just before we got on on the call here, I was listening to Ilhan Omar, who's a peach, and she was uh, <laughs> doing a press conference and she was talking about how they want to do rent. They want to do rent and mortgage forgiveness in I think it was in Minneapolis or maybe in her entire state in the state of Minnesota up till April of 2022. They want to do complete rent and mortgage forgiveness. And it was like, I was like, oh my God, you're talking about a full calendar year from next month, complete rent, complete mortgage forgiveness, obviously subsidized by all of us. And then she said at the very end of it, and this is also because black and brown communities are, dis are, are disproportionately affected by this. And it's, it's, it's a racial thing. It's a racial, it's a racial equity and equality issue, not a, what, not just a rent or whatever, or, or, uh, or mortgage issue. And I'm like, I don't understand <laughs> if just because, just because you can compartmentalize and say that it disproportionately affects these doesn't mean that it's based on that. That doesn't mean that it's because of that reason, because you can draw that conclusion based on those numbers. It's, it's just, uh, it's disingenuous. And I, I think that they just tack that onto any and every problem, any and every bill to just soften right. the blow of what is already outrageous. But they're just like, well, it's racist. Therefore you can't fight it or you're also a racist. Yeah, yes. good, very good point. Yes, I think we, I think we can all kind of relate to that. I mean, I lost track of how many times I was called a racist um, in the past <laughs> six months. Like I didn't know I was, I yeah. didn't know I well, was. You're white. You, therefore you have to be racist. You are inherently racist by merely oh, existing. By our privilege. 
Yeah. 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 It's not it's not if you it's not if you constantly talk about race, put things in the category of race, group people by race, make judgment based on race, look at data and analytics and assess that those analytics and, and that data based on race. That's not racist. You're just racist because you're white. Yeah. And I've said it too, I said it before. Everyone who make anyone who makes everything about race, they're the ones who are racist. Correct. Right. I want to yes. sneak one more thing in here yeah, that yeah, he yeah. didn't have on the list because um I'm really late to the game in getting my um, concealed carry license and really learning how to handle firearms and all that. Cause I had four little boys on my own. I figured one of us is going to shoot each other if I got a gun in the house at that. <laughs> so I figured it was safer not to get it. Right. So now I finally am. Um, I have my final interview in New York. They make you go through five gazillion steps, but it looks like nice. I did get in just in time because there's a new bill on the floor for gun control do you hear about the, you you know about this one by yeah i heard this morning yeah i heard a little bit of it this morning yeah basically to paraphrase it um background checks it, it, it's it's it is expanding background checks so like bobby if i wanted to give you a gun uh, to sell you my gun we would have to take that gun and go together to the gun store and they would have to put it through their background check process and file yep. all the paperwork and then it would be registered a register sale or if i wanted to loan it to you we yeah. have to go to the gun store mm -hmm. and file the paperwork. And you have to say that you're borrowing this gun from me. And then when you give it back, we have to take another little trip back to the gun store together yeah. and file all this paperwork. And if you don't, it's the same offense. It counts as the same level of offense as knowingly selling or giving a firearm to a convicted, a violent convicted felon. Nice. And right. it's like the slippery slope to a national gun registry is what. Yeah you know, people are being called, but yeah. What are your thoughts? I, the thing is that when I think about guns, I think of, I think of a gun as instead of thinking gun, I think the ability to protect myself and my family is blank. Right. So this is, these are the steps that need that are needed to, that need to occur in order for me to protect myself and my family. I don't think of it in terms of a gun. So it's just, it's unfortunate because it's like, there could be situations where like, what if you're afraid of, what if you're afraid of somebody? What if somebody is, is menacing you online or what if someone's harassing you and you're afraid that, and you want to protect yourself? It's like, you literally have to go through all of these other hoops and all of these things just, just impede on our liberties. And I, I understand, I understand the intent and how they frame lots of things up. And, but it's like the vast majority of the time, this is not going to protect against the things that they suggest. There was this, um, there's this great quote by Al Franken where he says, it's easier to wear slippers than carpet the whole world. And it's like, you can't protect every single thing from happening ever. And it's book. just like, these are, these are just more measures that make it more and more difficult for you to have you, what are your rights under the constitution. And it's, even though I, even though in, in certain ways, I, I understand certain legislation, but Without knowing more about this one, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a lot of garbage in there. And based on what you just said, it sounds just about right for what they love to do. Yeah, I saw a post by Steve Scalise on, on Twitter. Uh, I guess Republicans tried to made, make an amendment to the gun bill, uh, and every House Democrat rejected the idea that would have required ICE to be notified if an illegal immigrant tried to buy a gun. So they're going to take away the gun rights of law-abiding citizens, but that's okay. Yeah. And they want to abolish ICE too, right. which is just like 
cool. Like what do you, I don't understand why they, why we have a border at all. Why, even, why, why even bother? It's like, if you, they don't, they, they just, their, their policies are so backwards. It's like, I just don't understand the thought process that's going through their head. It's like, it's almost just like, they just want to just destroy America. I mean, like nothing else makes sense to me as to why they would draw these conclusions about what needs to happen. It is a head scratcher for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm curious to hear what people have to say about this and that, right. Um, I, I want to know what people from the left or I don't know that there's anyone that really supports Biden. I think they're just celebrating Trump is gone, but yeah. like, I don't know. I, I just don't know, but I'm curious to hear somebody explain the, the benefit of any of this stuff, but let's move on to the happy stories so we can wrap this up. Yeah. Well, on a higher, uh, yeah, this, this isn't so happy, but it, you but, know, but, but it's heroic. It's very uh, heroic. And it, it, this is it, not a happy story. You know, and from the past year when all we heard was, you know, police getting That's you know true. knocked and called pigs and everything else under the sun. Uh, here's an, a great example of, you know, a police officer actually protecting and serving uh, a police officer in Tampa died after veering, veering his patrol car into oncoming traffic uh, into another actually oncoming car to protect and save other bystanders who were uh, at the scene. And, and unfortunately, uh, in doing so, you know, he was he was killed. Wow. Uh, did you hear his about that, Bobby? Patrol no. officer Jesse Madsen. I want yeah, to say Jess, his name. It's Jesse Madsen. Yep. 16 year veteran of the force and a U.S. Marine Corps veteran. So that is just the I think for me, wow. that just puts things in perspective too. But like we all sit around and complain or whine or you, we're just sitting here like kvetching over this. Yeah. Right. But there's yeah. uh, <laughs> people out there who are literally giving their lives every day on behalf of everyone. Oh, he's got three kids too. That Yeah. 16, 12 and 10. Yeah. Yeah. So wow. that's a rough story, a rough story, but um, our but, hearts go out to that family and, and just gives me greater appreciation for law enforcement. Yeah. Yeah, seriously. And the, to, to think that they've been the ones that have been like demonized in the, in the recent, uh, in recent months and with everything that happened over the summer and then, it's all going to get reignited with this George Floyd trial this week. It's like, it's, I can't imagine being a police officer. Look that, I mean, as far as I can see, that's not a very high paying job. And it's like, you're, you just died at, at work. And not only that chose, chose to sacrifice yeah. yourself to save other people. I mean, that's nothing short of heroic to think that anybody would, would just be like, all cops are blank or all cops are racist or all cops are this like, like Joey basement. I mean, he suggested that so many times on the campaign trail, it blows my mind. It's like how this guy is the leader of the free world and how this guy represents all of our Marines and all of these fo former Marines that are now law enforcement. And he's going to yeah. be like, just shoot him in the leg, Jack. It's like, what the hell are you talking about, dude? Like, it's, yeah. it's just insane. It would, it would make me very nervous to be a police officer and see that this dude is the guy that represents me and the one standing up to protect me after, after you just saw what your, what your, you know, your colleague just did. A, a, nothing short of a selfless and heroic act. And then him be like, well, cops need some training. They need some reform. Shoot him in the, shoot him in the leg. It's yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. So let's let's uh, you know pray for. Jesse Matson and and uh, him and and his family may he rest in peace. Um, on another uh, fun note, uh, I'm a big fan of Barstool, Barstool Sports and Dave Portnoy, um, and a pizza restaurant from Northern New Jersey credits the Barstool Fund uh, and Dave Portnoy for saving their business. Gabriella um, Atiano said the blessings of Barstool Sports founder Dave Portnoy 
changed her pizza business basically overnight in nor northern New Jersey after the fallout from the pandemic that put her family business on its heels, which is about every other restaurant or not even every all restaurants <laughs> across the country. And I'm sure that's not the only pizza place that Dave impacted. He's doing multiple calls a day, surprising uh, restaurant owners with uh, funds and money to support their business. And what he's doing is uh, 10 times what, you know, our politicians have done to help these people. Yep. Wouldn't that be cool to be able to be like, boop, 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 boop. hey, Bobby, uh, I'm just like saving your ass today. No big deal. Like, like, yeah. And to be able to make all of those calls, like to sit and make a bunch of those calls. And not only that, he's not even doing it all on his own. He's doing this because so many people are jumping in to chip in because everybody knows what a shit show this is. Everybody knows the restaurants have really gotten shafted in all this. Right. And mm -hmm. so for me, what I love is the collective effort it's taken and that this this guy is like the funnel, like the portal for people to do some good and feel like they do good. And he gets to be this messenger. That's like aces, I think. It's interesting how it's interesting how people have this way of supporting and protecting and and lifting up their fellow citizens. And in the event that not as much money was extracted from us and taken into this corporate structure where it's grossly mismanaged, moved in all types of different directions and favored one way or the other, if all of that money was left to the people, more of these things would happen. More people would have more money to contribute. More people would have more money to put to charities. People think that if we if we didn't take 40% of our tax dollars and just throw it up to the federal government, that that, that we would just be sitting here buying watches and, and fancy cars and expensive dinner. <laughs> I would wager that you would donate a lot more money. You would contribute more to your local, to your local community, to your local food bank, to your local church, whatever you wanted to. You would put more money into your business that would give more people jobs. And all that money would go yeah. into the productive economy as, a, as opposed to being squandered in the federal structure where they blatantly overpay for the same things that a private business doesn't. They mismanage it. They give it to all these politicians that squander all of their time ineffectively talking about one bill or the next or being on TV and jabbing about one thing or another that doesn't make any sense, that doesn't involve any of us. They completely squander all of our money all of the time. And all of that money would be put to productive use. And then on top of all that, kind of the cherry on top of it all is that when we give money to the government to produce these good government jobs and these infrastructure packages, all of those people are being taken out of the productive free market workforce and then being overpaid for in the government workforce. And then they can't be fired if they do a bad job. They, they're getting awarded contracts based on favoritism and not based on comp competition and price and e efficacy. And it's just like, it creates this super- Hunter Biden. Yeah, they, they create <laughs> this super counterproductive, low efficiency squandering of money. And the, large, the larger the government, the worse all of us are. And he's a perfect example of like, what would happen if more people had money in their pocket? Yeah, I've been yeah. saying that too. That, that, that is spot on. <clears throat> so if you find yourself in northern New Jersey, the restaurant is Calabria Restaurant and Pizzeria. He gave them an 8.9 pizza rating, which anything over eight, Dave says, you have to pack your bags and travel for. So this is an 8.9. And they named the pizza after him, the Calabria Portnoy Crunchy Thin. So good for them. I'm glad they're doing better. They're close to us. We should probably take a car trip, Barb, and go get some take yummy a pizza. Car trip, a car there trip. You go. A car trip. trip. I just said it. Who says car trip? <laughs> All right, we'll take a trip. 
<laughs> you want to walk there? I take a car trip. Okay. All right. Anyway, on another note. Bobby, can you make a car trip shirt? <laughs> yeah, sure. No problem. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> it's a custom order. Funny. Uh, so the last positive news story, I, I think it's positive because I've always been a fan of this guy and I'm a, I'm a fan of football, but um, run Herschel Walker run. Former President Trump wants Herschel Walker to run for Georgia Senate in 2022. Uh, I think it was earlier today, former President Trump called on former NFL player Herschel Walker to run for Senate in Georgia, where he would face Senator Raphael Warnock, who won his seat in a special election this year. And he'll have to defend it in 2022, as will every single congressman in Congress. So all 435 Congress people are up for re-election in, in 2022. So let the really, games it's, begin. It's going to be make for an exciting year. Wow. Can't wait. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, Bobby, that's you got good. any any uh stories on your mind? Any thoughts that you want to wrap up the op-ed with? Well, uh my 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 video today was very uh was very focused on specifically Jen Psaki and um and George Floyd but that my, was gold by the way gold. thank you thank you I just I just <laughs> want to put it out there like I want somebody to give this woman a message to stop saying uh and um it's it makes me want to like it makes me want to jump out the window I listened to this press conference today and I'm like how how are people supposed to listen to this like I spent 20 minutes on it it's horrible listening to her talk. And it's not because of right, left. It's not because of what she looks like. I don't give, I don't care. Nothing matters. It's just, she literally says on uh, um, every other sentence and is infuriating. And any person that is from some Toastmasters, it's like, what do you do? I don't understand how no one is saying that to her. Stop saying, uh, just, just stop saying it. Well, just I think the pause. reason for it is Bobby is that Joe Biden is not answering any questions. So she's trying to bring his personality a little more and what he does, you know, to the press conferences. So people feel a little more comfortable. Uh, that's, that's a good point. No, I, I do feel like, I do feel like straight up that he has answered none of these questions. I mean, she's more capable of answering the questions than he is. There's absolutely no way that she's gleaning any information from him. There's, well, we don't know. That's what Kaylee we don't know whether he is or not. Too, no, we know. Yeah. We know. He's not doing anything. <laughs> All right. He's not right, saying right. a word. The no way. Unions tonight? Well, it's not really a state of the union. Yeah. It's, but it's, it's a he's he's speaking a, to both you know, houses. So. Oh, my God. It's not. I'm I'm excited because it's going to be garbage as usual. Yeah, but it's like we're going to wrap. We'll be wrapped Senate. up in plenty of time to catch that. And I will be um, first one online to see Bobby's. Um, replay of it tomorrow on <laughs> online. Yeah. yeah Bobby, so, so thanks. Bobby, how can people find you if they want to follow you and, and get all the stuff that Bobby Sausalito is doing every day? Yeah. At take naps on Instagram, Bobby Sausalito on Facebook and YouTube. I still have a parlor at take naps on parlor and then Bobby All the links are there. Yeah. And give people a real, a quick um, review and overview of, of what you do. I basically, I basically yell jokes about the news stories of the day, whatever is kind of like frustrating me about the day. It so happens to be primarily focused on politics, typically the antics of the left more often than not. Um, but it's also about business, the economy, money, current events, and things like that. Cool. Yeah, I highly yeah. encourage anyone who's listening to go right now and, and follow uh, Bobby on Instagram at, at Take Naps. Yes. Thanks so much. All right. Barb, any final thoughts? Nope, I'm good. I I blabbed enough. I'm All gonna right, go cool. take a car trip. I'm gonna fire up the car for our car trip. <laughs> Bobby, thanks for being it's here today. Gasoline. 
My pleasure. <laughs> Appreciate everyone listening in for tuning in to another Op-Ed Friday. We will see you uh, Monday and uh, Wednesday and next Friday as well for another Op-Ed. Appreciate you all.